This episode of Pick Up the Six podcast is brought to you by Everyman Jack. If you haven't heard of them, they're a men's grooming company that creates some of the highest performing, best smelling products on the market. They believe it's not just about what you put in your body that matters, but what you put on your body from their body wash to deodorant to beard oil and more. They're made with naturally derived ingredients and incredibly outdoorsy scents that bring the best of nature to their bottles and bars. I'm a huge fan of all their stuff. The sandalwood scent, probably my favorite of all the things they have. And it's literally in my shower right now. So here's what you do. Head to everymanjack.com today and use our special promo code PUT6, PUT and the number six for 25% off on orders of 50 bucks or more, making small changes to your routine, even in the shower, can have a significant impact. And Everyman Jack makes that easy. Everyman Jack, naturally derived, outdoor inspired. We're also sponsored by Amino Vitals. Amino Vitals' mission is to provide the highest quality of amino acid-based nutritional products to all athletes aspiring to improve their conditioning and performance. The BCAAs, Glutamine and arginine help replenish the body's muscle proteins and jumpstart the recovery process. I've been using Amino Vital since last fall, got introduced to them, and I see a positive impact from their action and recovery products. It helps me just get rid of some of those, you know, aches and pains that come with a tough workout. Hit up amino-vital.com, use the code PUT6 at checkout and save 20% or just click on their link on the show page and save today. Edgar Mills joined me for episode 125, and he's back today talking about a pair of events he's putting on this fall, all in the name of helping passionate people become safer, more competent, more confident shooters. He has a pair of training events coming up in October. We'll talk about that, and we shoot the shit about other stuff, including a guest appearance from a howling beagle that gins up a story. This is Pick Up the Six Podcast. Hey guys, Brian Jodis back with another episode of Pick Up the Six podcast. Before we get into it with our man Edgar Mills back on the show again, we had him on episode 125. We had to catch up. He's got some cool stuff coming out this fall. And plus, I just wanted to catch up with him a little bit. Again, thanks to those sponsors. And then look at this loot behind me. I got a freaking stack of coffee sent to me from the guys at One Nation Coffee. And you remember we talked to John Richards on the show before. He's a former Navy EOD guy. He was blowing stuff up with special operators all over the globe. Great dude. Awesome American. And he's been channeled and laser focused in this pursuit of creating this awesome coffee company, One Nation Coffee, right? And their biggest thing is they just give back. They're veteran owned, right? They're they're first responder uh, supporters. They're just an amazing company making a really great product, trying to just cut out their space in this ever-evolving coffee game. And so they've made One Nation Coffee. They sent me a whole box of it. It's amazing. Um, I got a few hats. Like, I'm just, I'm so thankful for them. And we're going to start giving this coffee out to our guests. And so that's going to be great. And if you go to onenationcoffee.com, use the code P-U-T-6, the number six, P-U-T, the number six, at checkout, you save 15%, just like that. You're supporting a great company. They're giving back to local uh, charities. They're just doing a lot of great stuff. So go check them out, oneishcoffee.com. And their catchphrase, we got your 6 a.m., kind of fits with what we're doing around here. So, John, thank you. Go to onenationcoffee.com. Edgar, are you a coffee guy? You said you drink about a gallon a day. 
Yeah, literally. I'm, I'm not picky about it, but I do drink a lot. Well, then, good. We're going to hook you up. I got whole beans. I got grounds. I got K-cups back there. I'm telling you, man, One Nation hooked us up. So uh, when we get off the air, our esteemed producer, YHC, I'll get your address. <laughs> I'm going to send some coffee your way on behalf yeah, of our friends awesome. at One Nation Coffee because that's how we do it. My brother, man, what's up? Good to see you, man. How you been? I've been great, man. Just happy to be back on. Been working. Yeah. Uh, steady. Yeah. And uh, we, I think last time we talked, I told you I had a, a growth plan. So that's still a plan and not in action, but it's so much closer to being in action. Yeah. So I'm very excited about it, building the big range. Um, I've been making a lot of good contacts to support the courses that I do. Yep. So I finally got an aviation company locked in. Nice. for one of the courses and then and they're they're excited about it i'm excited about it so yeah man things have been going pretty well that's good it's called osprey shooting solutions right and edgar's in this space of really just equipping you listeners and folks that you know with those tactical skills that god forbid you have to use someday right ideally you don't but he's getting you prepared because when you're prepared you can be ready for anything that gets thrown at you. And that's not just shooting solutions, but it's things like we're going to talk about things you got coming up later this fall that are equipping folks for just man, hairy situations. And look, man, I just got done watching this film sound of freedom, right? We talked to Jordan Harmon. Um, there's a lot of bad evil out there in the world and people are looking to do a lot of bad things. You need to be ready for what could ever be thrown your way. Your kids need to be ready. Right. And so um, that's what you're doing through Osprey Shooting Solutions. Uh, and so we're going to talk about a couple of those events, man, because you're you're preparing folks for some some pretty cool things coming up. But I'm excited to hear, man, that you're like, dude, I'm as busy as I can be. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, that's a good problem, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It for sure is. Um, well, what's been going on in that space? I mean, it seems to me like everywhere I look. More folks are, at least in the in the circles I run in, are are kind of getting locked in on wanting to just be training a little bit more on a lot of different things, physically, mentally, yeah. emotionally, physical, physical strength, but also then equipping yourself with strategies if you get in a hairy situation or if it's got to be with a firearm or whatever that can look like. Well, that's that's sort of a last result, hopefully, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people are starting to. I don't say wake up, but me be more aware that there's threats out there. Um, especially, you know, in America, especially in the bigger cities, you got a mixing pot of values and, and different humans from different places and all this and that. So people don't need to be irrationally fearful of strangers. However, <laughs> uh, being prepared and being aware and understanding that, that threats exist uh, obviously avoidance is the best, mm. the best solution for that. Yep. So if you can, uh, identify threats before they become a actual threat, uh, you're, you're even better. So yeah, obviously I focus on shooting. That's my, that's my strong suit skill wise, but like the, the event coming up, right. Uh, special operations experience. That's, that's very much leadership and, uh, teamwork development. We do some shooting in there, but that's that's not the crux of the course. Mm. It's more about solving problems, uh, time-constrained problems, uh, reacting and making fast-paced decisions that you can trust. Mm. 
So the more reps you get on things like that, uh, the better it is for any real life situation that may come up. You were a 10th group guy, right? When in the army, Yep. what was your MOS, man? What was, what was the main thing you guys were doing? What's, what's 10th group doing? Okay. Well, 10th group, obviously, uh, most people, it's regionally oriented to Eastern Europe uh, and also Africa. Uh, Oddly enough, first country I ever went to was uh, Algeria. And I was, Mm. I was uh, displeased with that. (laughs) Anyway, um, I was a a weapons sergeant, 18 Bravo first. And then I was an Intel sergeant, which was 18 Fox and later became a, a 18 Zulu, which is a team sergeant. But um, I spent most of the time now, obviously went to Afghanistan and Iraq as well, but most of my training time and J set time and, and unusual training events happened in Eastern Europe. We were in Ukraine in 2008, you know, doing yeah. things and, uh, Poland, Czech Republic, Georgia, Romania, uh, Moldova, all those places. So that's what, where my experience lies as far as, those unusual or, or, or cultural training uh, mm-hmm. J sets people. I, I don't know if you know J set joint combined exchange training. So you'll go train with a uh, one of these countries, whatever their special ops guys are. Sort of, you, you, you don't necessarily train them. You exchange training techniques and stuff. But in essence, you're training them. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I did anyway. And, and I love training. I feel like I'm a good instructor. Um, well, clearly that's right. Clearly that's become just a huge part of what you want to do kind of in this phase of life, right? This sort of 2.0 post-military career movement. Hey, uh, you, to, to the, to the depth you want to go on it, Ukraine now current situation where we're at. I mean, just you're having spent some time there. You might not want to, if you don't want to get into it, you can just tell me, but what the hell's going on? I'll generalize for you. Yeah. Uh, and I'll start by saying I'm a libertarian politically. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think we need to be giving money to <laughs> Ukraine. Um, and if you're a uh, somewhat of a, I don't even want to say conspiracy theorist, but there's a lot of, a lot of unsavory money transfers going on in Ukraine. So I'm, I'm not a big fan. I don't think it's worth losing an American life, one single American life over. Sure. sure. I agree. Russia was the aggressor. Um, I do agree with that, but I don't think there was a well-thought-out plan to get into Ukraine. I don't think there's a well-thought-out plan to get out of Ukraine, just based on history, man, just based on recent, you know, the last 20 or so years. I just, so, yeah, like, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know shit, right? I don't know anything. I just well, know that, it, I, but my point is, it feels like there's a lot of unaccounted dollars that have gone out the door. From the American taxpayer, literal billions, billions, never mind Afghanistan, billions just floating around. And my fear Uh, is that they're in the hands of warlords at this point. Well, I I don't even fear warlords. Uh, I fear that the dollars are publicly unaccounted for. Sure. I think privately they're very well accounted for. (laughs) And they're in the pockets of politicians, not warlords. Well, that's yeah, that's my cynical view of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I figured as much. That said, I know plenty of guys doing contracts over there and stuff. Um, One of my buddies, his name is Ron Carter, and he lives in Colorado Springs. He's a commercial pilot navigator. Mm -hmm. Um, For some reason, he is drawn to 
to support that, uh, the Ukraine side of that. Sure. And out of his own pocket, and I'm all for voluntary participation, but he he gathers up medical supplies every so often, and he gathers up, uh, he'll go over there and do training as a civilian. Right. Training civil, Ukraine civilians how to stop the bleed and, and do things like that. So good on him. And, and I admire him for that. Yeah, I do too, uh, because that's a human that's actually remembering who at the end of this thing is the most important, which are the human beings on the ground right. that get caught up in this thing. That is correct. So, so while I'm cynical about the politics and the reasons. Well, sure. Things, Why shouldn't you be based on history? Yeah, there's there's always going to be the the general population who suffers the most. Yeah, of course. So the poor yeah. people are going to stay poor. There's going to be plenty of dead people and amputees and all this stuff as an yeah. aftermath. And Ukraine's not going to be any step closer to being a whatever we want it to be democracy, I guess. Right. Because even in Ukraine, even in Moldova. There is a legitimate section of the population that supports Russia. Mm -hmm. You can hate Russia all you want, but there are legitimate segments of population that support them. Right. So if you want to talk about real democracy and you throw out the majority vote and see what happens, you know, uh, and America don't want to accidentally let that happen. Yeah, that's a good point. Look, man, you got big things cooking this fall. I'm really excited about it since the last time we talked, man, more courses, more training available. There's two things I specifically wanted to talk about and man, just give some publicity to and help get the word out. Uh, the first one is that one that you mentioned, the special operations experience. So you're going to do this two day, like all immersive kind of experience. So explain uh, to us what it's going to, what it's going to be like. It is, I, I'm so excited about this. And in fact, just today I spoke to the guy who owns the venue where we're going to have the object, the objective. And it's, and it's an old, there, a piece of it is a wedding venue. They got the inside of this old uh, industrial warehouse made up okay. real nice. But the, the other 80% of that property is old dilapidated industrial uh, warehouse stuff. And it's such a cool environment. It kind of puts you in the mind of like a walking dead sort of scene, taking great pains to make it authentic. Uh, when the eight or 10 people show up, they're going to show up as a member of a, of a, a unit okay. and they're going to sleep in the team room, which is a, a small metal building with questionable air conditioning um, and some, and some insects that hang around. Mm -hmm. uh, they're going to sleep on a military cot. They're going to get issued all their kit and they're going to sign a hand receipt just like real life. All the unglamorous things you do in the, in the special operations. Right. Um, we're going to do a little shooting on day one. We're going to do a little team SOP development. Uh, I'm going to identify leaders, uh, a couple of cell leaders for that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. chances are it's going to be the youngest. Not until lead. you get, yeah, not until you get eyes on them though, right? You want to get eyes no, on of them, course. right? You yeah. said eight to, eight to 10, right? So it's not a huge group. No, 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 it's not. Which is kind of the point, I guess. Absolutely is the point. Um if I had 20 people, one, I can't afford helicopters for 20 people. Sure. <laughs> Two, uh, when you have big classes, you know, somebody gets kind of misses the point, you know, they, yeah. they kind of yeah, yeah. get dropped off to the side. They don't ask, yep. they don't ask questions or they don't 
you can blend in or disappear for a little while. In. You're going to know where all eight or 10 are. With, with an eight-man class, you don't blend in. You have to mm -hmm. perform. You have to put mm -hmm. out. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. So on the first day, uh, we're going to identify who who I identify as maybe a timid character. I've seen, I've seen this play out. and not It's not yeah. the same kind of event, but when we do these – F3 grow ruck events, which is an, an overnight, right? 16 hour, basically a, for my friends in the ruck community, kind of like a heavy or a tough or whatever the equivalent would be. Anything that's 12 plus hours, you know, you end up in platoons, right? Say it's 30 or 40 guys, you end up in teams of 10 or 15 or whatever. And then, you know, throughout the course of the night, guys are then pulled up to sort of lead that group. And it's all, you know, more times than not, the cadres pulling the guy that he knows needs to be thrust into that. Yep. Kind of yeah. experience. He's not pulling the guy that's been through three or four of them that knows what's coming around the yeah, turn. Yeah. You want to see how this guy reacts in real time under that stress that you know high stress, low viz, and how they're going to step up. Yeah. So I get I get that idea. Yeah, that's what it's all about, man. Uh, and I hit a lot on task organization and supervision. Right, okay. as a leader, supervision don't don't necessarily don't at all mean micromanagement. Right. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to get your folks to to do the things, not just work hard, but work for a specific, do your job specifically and do it well. Yeah. Um, when people are really tired and sucking and it's really late at night, it's, that's a challenge, man. Yeah, fatigue makes so, cowards of us all, that's for sure. Yeah, so it's all that. Uh, and then it's action-packed, right? We're executing a hostage rescue. Okay. And so... Day one, we're going to do some shooting. We're going to do some team SOP development. And then we're going to do an actual class on time-sensitive planning. Yeah. And so some head some head knowledge sort of stuff, right? Yes, Sitting down in a yes. classroom kind of environment. But check it out. This planning class doesn't only apply to a military action. Mm -hmm. It can apply to any business with any action that needs to be uh, accomplished. Yeah. Um, it. And it's just efficient movement, right? Efficient delegation of, of tasks and knowing who who is the authority, right? Because some people, you know, you got 47 bosses walking around telling you 47 different things. Right. That's, that's not good leadership either. Right. So everything has to be very succinct, uh, very direct communication, which is what I push a lot. Not necessary, uh, necessarily without tact right i've been known to be a bit of abrasive in my time uh but i'm a direct communicator i think it's very important to get things done mm -hmm. um, that night we're going to go out to dinner have a nice dinner and then we're going to get the phone call and the phone call is a contract who needs a a, a team to go execute x mission and they they and don't know when they don't know when that'll be when that might pop up it could be any time well, it's obviously, yes. No, the, the details aren't, aren't going to be there, but they're going to have that evening to plan and brief. Gotcha, gotcha. And I'm going to let them plan and brief. And if the plan is wazoo, I, I, I may or may not let them go with it. We'll, I mean, we'll see how wazoo. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're going to brief the plan in the wee hours of the morning. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to get up a couple hours later, do mission rehearsals, uh, 
go to the airfield uh, or we have a hangar and we're going to do the final mission brief in the hangar. It's the, the authenticity. I can't tell you how awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It, it sounds like it, man. I've done exactly that thing in real, real life. Um, and then the, the bird's going to land. We're going to do a, a bird side pilot brief. Then we're going to go infill, execute. There's going to be some stuff on the objective that might throw a curveball or two here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it, man. Then we're going to have a big old fat feast afterwards, do an after action review yeah, and talk about the, the, uh, the event. I got to think this takes a coordinated effort with like local authorities and stuff so that they know what you guys are doing. Maybe you're in a space where you've got enough leeway around you to not have to worry about that kind of stuff. I, I do have a, a little leeway and I have enough personal relationships with law enforcement guys around here. Right. I'm going to let, I'm going to let them know what something's going on. Right. Uh, so that people don't freak out when a helicopter full of armed dudes. Sure. Out. Sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that could freak people but it's out on a private, you know, right. so it, it'll be all right. And you're but, not running, you're not running and gunning like, so it's not like no, you're going to be, yeah, exactly. we're going to be shooting each other with UTM rounds. That's awesome, yep. man. Incredible. So yeah. The there's first, some, there's, there's something value. about, there's something about bringing uh, 50 dudes through downtown Charlotte at two in the morning when the bars are letting out and they're all rucked up with a log on their yeah. shoulder, just walking yeah. down the street. Like yeah, that's yeah. something to put your eyes on. It's pretty funny when that kind of thing happens. For sure. So. But, but you're trying to bring that awareness for that kind of thing. Yeah, you also that. get a lot of like, what are you guys protesting? <laughs> like, I don't know, pieces of shit who don't do anything that won't get off their I'm ass. protesting carrying heavy stuff by carrying that's heavy right. stuff. That's right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that sounds incredible, man. Uh, and I, what uh, I like about sick. it is the size of the group to me, that that's an impactful, right? Because everybody's going to have to be a part of that team. The, you that's can't right. disappear on an eight to 10 man team. On a thing like that, relationships are built. Yeah, because because it's yeah. it's a small enough. Group. Oh, those those guys. I assume it's a group of all guys. I could be mistaken. If it's co-ed, no, maybe uh, you the do class co-ed. is not full. No, right. Uh, so those guys and gals. Then fine, fine, fine. Those guys and gals will have forged a a bond over the course of twenty four hours. That yep. that in yeah. most cases, I could bet they'd carry with them the rest of their lives. Or at least a long time uh, after that. This experience is going to be with them forever and ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's something about riding on a helicopter with the doors open, with your gun in your hand and all that stuff, that just that alone is going to be the cool part. Mm-hmm. But executing the mission and even in training, when you jump off the helicopter, yeah, you're standing there like, uh, well, what's next? Right. <laughs> um, you got to execute the plan. They're going to they're going to have that experience forever and ever yeah yeah so it's it's one thing to sort of cowboy up to go through this whole experience right to go through that movement of the night what's your ultimate goal for them right so it's one thing to do that in that time right you have that time you complete this incredible this incredible movement right mission accomplished but you want them to take that with them right what's the hope that they take with them when they leave this event well one of the little catchphrases I have on, on the website is that you will walk away from our courses as either a formidable leader or an indispensable teammate. Mm. So I want them to take that, what it means not only to lead well, but to follow well. Sure. And to everybody be on the same. If you're not on board with your company and you just 
walk through your life zombied out and looking for the next best thing. Part of that's on you, Biggin, right? Yeah. Part of that's on check you. Check out, man. Just just go ahead and check out and go find something that satisfies yeah. you. Yeah. But uh, it's it's about common goal. Um, yeah, there's bosses and then there's underlings and, and there's always a rift sometimes. There doesn't have to be, though. Right. Good leadership. The Army definition is is uh, influencing others to accomplish the mission by providing purpose, motivation, and direction. Yep. If you do those things, if I make you want to accomplish the mission, you're, you're in, man. Mm-hmm. Whether I tell you to do it or not, you're in. You're all in. So that's what I want them to leave with. Yeah. Influencing others to move whatever their mission is, man. Yeah. You, uh, you got a Mills family dog that needs to be let out or in out there. That's howling at you. Take it. Go get it. Go get it. It's all good. He's a, he's a beagle. I'm going to take you with me. Oh, listen, man, listen, take us with, we're going to go for a journey listeners. Edgar's going (laughs) to let his beagle out. Uh, Brian R. Jodas, right. Growing up as a kid, we had two dogs. The first dog we ever got for our family was a beagle. She was born two doors down. Her name was Oreo. She was black and white when we got her. She later got some brown. She was a miniature beagle. So a picture of beagle with short little legs. But that howl, I was like, that's got a little hound howl to it. So she was the first one. Then we adopted this black lab who was a stray, who really kind of adopted us. He probably lived with us for, I don't know. My dad will be listening to this and he'll know I'll get the time wrong. But however long we had him, he eventually listened to this story. This is wild. So we had this beagle. We had this black lab. She had been with us from day one. He came to us as a stray. This dude would pee all anytime somebody came to the house he was peeing so he had some emotional issues but we loved him but they would get out every now and then most of the time they'd come back but he was a runner we were getting ready to prep my dad had gone to korea for a year remote he was coming back he had to check back into the f-15 so we had to go to arizona so he could like fill back into the f-15 get called back up so we're taking this long family trip all the way out to arizona the dogs get out right and they're gone. And we look for them for like two or three days and we just can't find them, but we got to go on this trip. We're distraught. My mom is upset. Right. But we got Julie Quartz, who God bless her. Her husband was one of the first killed in the war in original, right? Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Iraq, all that, right? Like he was in uh, desert storm. In fact, that flag, my dad flew during some of that anyways. So she's watching the house for us. And we're like, look, just if the dogs come back, like, just let us know. But like, you don't really have to like, God willing, they'll come back someday. She called us like, um, I don't know, two weeks in. She's like, I got good news and bad news. Oreo, the beagle is back, but the lab never came back. So she somehow got out of wherever she was at. She'd been fed, journeyed on home, like homeward bound. So she came home to us, the lab we never saw again, but he was a runner to begin with. So I yeah, love exactly. I love that you got a beagle. He's out. He's up in doggy heaven somewhere, right? He was out on a big farm living his life, you know, whatever. <laughs> Well, our guy is about uh, 12 or 13 years oh, old. Oh, yeah, dude. She lived to be she lived to be 14 or 15, I think. I mean, she lived yeah. a pretty long, she lived a pretty long good life. She's buried in my grandmother's backyard, <laughs> like where we go to the beach. She's buried in the backyard. So rest in peace, Oreo. We love you. Beagles are funny though, man. They get upset, they'll let you know. They get that high pitch, man. It's rough. Uh, well, I'm glad you let me. You uh, gave me a chance to tell a lifelong family story here that we've never told on Pick Up the Six podcast. So you guys are listening to some exclusive content today. All right, man. So you're going to do the special operations experience, right? That's going to be incredible. Mogadishu Mile is a different thing you're doing? Uh, Yeah. So special operations experience. um, Yeah. 21, 22 October. Okay. It's it's later in October. 7, 8 October. 
is the OSS Challenge Mogadishu Mile Edition. Okay. So I do one in April, and that's a one-day event. And then we do the one in, in October, which is two days, to commemorate the uh, fallen guys from, from Gothic Serpent. Um, I've got the stages set up for that now or, okay. or planned out. We've already got, I don't know, four or five sponsors who who ponied up. Um, any money over uh, operational costs is going to go. So I'm still I'm, I'm still looking for the charity. Um, and it's probably going to end up being a ranger charity just because of, of the nature of the event. Um, one of my buddies down in Savannah, their chaplain is going to sponsor a couple of guys to come up and do the event. Cool. And I'm very excited about that. Um, I hope last year there's, there's a local guy here. Um, I won't say his name, but he came out last year. He was a squad leader, a Ranger squad leader in Mogadishu. He went on to, to Delta wow. and then got out and, you know, did some other things. And now he's a, a high school teacher here in Rome. Um, but he came out last year and he, he's a he's a very humble guy. He lives in so Georgia. Like, yeah, he he was, a, in was he a pretty pretty prominent member of that movement? Was he part uh, of Black Hawk Down? Yes. Oh, did yeah, I have did I sure. have him did I have him on my show? <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. No. All right. We had we had Jeff Struker well, on. You say prominent. We had we had Jeff Struker on um, no. uh, a while ago, who was a big part of that mission. Yeah. No. Um, so Jeff Struker used my battalion chaplain uh, in the 82nd. Did we talk about yeah. that last time you were on? Yeah. That you guys uh, knew each other? Yeah. yeah. He's a great, that's a great um, human right I there. I mean, we're not homies or anything. But right, but you know him. He was my, he was my battalion chaplain. Yeah, good man. Uh, so anyway, this fella, because he's so humble, I was like, hey, bro, you want to say any words? And, well, well, no. Yeah. So yeah. he stepped up and he said some words and he started talking and, and all the competitors were standing around. And as he was talking, he started sharing. And then you could see uh, his, his uh, eyes started, started welling up with water. Mm. And he started getting real low-key emotional. Man, you should have seen the faces of all those dudes. They were locked in, bro. Yeah. You couldn't. Uh, he had those dudes locked in mm -hmm. he could have said anything and they would have just shook their head with their mouths open it was yeah. so awesome yeah. so i hope he's going to come out again um it, it was a good time man and then we had you know i catered some barbecue a after the fact and all that so, so you got you got participant spots open and you got sponsorship spots open yeah right. so i've got a standard sponsorship sort of request thing Anywhere from 250 bucks up to like 1500 bucks. With that, you get free training. You know, you'll get a t-shirt. You'll get all that stuff. But, um, yeah, 20 spots is what we have for the event. Okay. Can't do more than that. Just the scope of what I have right now. Sure. Um, last year, we had to, you know, start a waiting list. Or you like said a, October, like October 7 and 8. Where do they have to get themselves to to be a part of this? So where will so they actually? Website. Where will they actually do the event at? Where is it? Uh, on, in Rome, Georgia, on Edgar's property. Oh. Yeah, Rome, Georgia, Rome, Georgia, October seven, eight. Yep. You go to Osprey Shooting Solutions. You can find the information there, right? So where you can register yep. for it. 
Sounds like, what are they going to do, right? Uh, those two days they're there, what's the schedule look like? What are they going to be doing? There we go. Sorry. Yes, it's open for registration now. And awesome. it's up on the website. So what are they going to be doing? There. What are they going to be doing there? What's the, what's the movement going to look like? What's they going to look like? That you can tell oh, us. Man. That you can tell us. I, I, I'm not scared to tell you. Yeah, there's some cool events. Um, day one is going to be four stages. And then okay. day two is only two. But one of the stages on day two is a long, long stage. Um, there's a rope bridge across my pond that they're going to have to cross twice. Okay. Um, there's a rope climb on one of the stages. Uh, my property, my backyard, the incline going up, uh, the back is, it's insane. It's about, you know, a little more than a quarter mile up the hill, but it, but it's a hard quarter mile. Um, this year they're going to run up to the top on my trail system, get to the top, shoot a, a course of fire at the top of the hill. Mm -hmm. Then they're going to do a Kim's game, which is a memory game. And then they're going to run back down, shoot another course of fire into the range, go pick up a rescue Randy, bring rescue Randy back to the Humvee. Mm -hmm. Once the truck closes, time stops. And then they're going to, for bonus points, give me the, uh, what they saw in the Kim's game. So you've got uh, them kind of competing against each other. So there's a level of, there's a level of competition here. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, the two guys, number one and two last year, mm -hmm. One of them was a, a Rome SWAT cop, and the other is a well, he's an orthopedic surgeon, but he's also a Georgia State Patrol SWAT medic. Wow. They were so close. The guy who won overall time in shooting, he came to that second place because Scott, uh, he got every single item on the Kim's game. And it blew my mind. I didn't yeah. think anybody would do it. Yeah. And and he got every single item with all all the details. To wow. each item. Yeah. So he got like an extra six minutes or something in bonus points. What do you, what do you, uh, what do you have them shooting when they go through the shooting portion of the course? So there's, uh, it's a two gun, it's a uh, rifle and pistol. And you can, most people show up with ARs, you know, you can shoot, if you got a, like an AK, you can shoot that. A couple of the stages are steel, mm -hmm. uh, but they're all, out the 50 yards or more so you can still shoot steel um one stage is, is exclusively pistol uh one stage i think is exclusively rifle and then the other stages are all kind of a mix and there's paper targets steel targets there's some on the run uh there's some static from the humvee shooting from the humvee turret yeah which is pretty cool yeah. um and uh a guy a local guy leslie duke who owns duke military uh history museum he's the guy that brings the humvee out and it's a period correct humvee by the way it's pretty awesome it's pretty sweet yeah all right edgar give us the data dump right where do they need to go for the website where can they find the info how can they just be a part of this with you uh osprey shooting solutions.com main Boom. page you scroll down you'll see a oss challenge um it's a really cool logo and i i don't know if i said this before man but i'm very proud i do my own art yeah. And, I, and I'm very proud of my own art. I, yeah. I, I like it. Um, you should be. That's, that's got another, just cool another world. level to it, man. You got you just yeah. that much invested into it. I am. I'm very invested. In it. Um, the logo this time is super awesome. Um, two team guys.com. The number two, that's where you can go to find the 
special operations experience, but that is not open enrollment. Yeah. So if you're interested in it, just just hit us up on the email or or go on Instagram, Southern Ornithological League. Say, hey, I'm interested. Can you tell me about it? And I'll send a little five W, you know, info sheet. Yeah. Uh, but that's definitely not open enrollment. Yeah, um, that one is you've got to they got to talk. You got to talk to them beforehand. There, yeah, there's I mean, a bit yeah, of a sure. Yeah. Bit yeah. of a process. You got to be the right fit, especially with what you guys have going on. Yeah, that one and, for sure. and also like for instance, that's the kind of thing where you know, like a corporate team might want to come out and do a thing. Sure, sure. So I've already got a couple guys signed up for that, but I, I got room for you know for people. I, I I like organic teams to come do that. Yeah, because they get a chance to do their thing in a uh, rough environment. Not a rough environment but a high stakes environment, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, it's not just whatever your normal daily grind is. You got to actually perform some crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's pretty good. So, yep. Those are the two, uh, two team guys.com and Osprey shooting solutions.com OSS challenge. That's going to charity. I, I hope to get at least 2000, $2,500 to, uh, to the charity we, we land on for that. Yeah. That's a big component of it guys is that, for all the spots that get filled and all the dollars that you get above what you need just to operate it, you're going to land yeah. on charity. Sound like you're going to look for some sort of in the ranger community, which makes sense, right? Given what yeah, you guys well, are definitely doing. Definitely a military char- charity. Definitely. Uh, yeah. If I can find a good homeless vet sort of thing, I'm going to maybe, maybe do that, but it's probably going to end up this year being a, a ranger, um, sure. you know, for, for like uh, gold star families or, sure. or something to that effect. Sure. Um, yep. Important. And last man. April we did, uh, we sent a thousand bucks to fellowship Christian athletes last day nice. for the one day event. Nice. So yeah, every, the OSS challenge from here on out, they're, they're all uh, going to their charity events for sure. I love it. You got, uh, you got Justin Sheely training up for this thing. Is he going to compete in it? Trail trash dirt bag. You know what, man? I doubt he'll compete in it. He, he said he was last year, but I needed him to help too. Like, you might need him helping you. Was, That's right. You might need him helping. No, he was range. Yeah, he was a, a range staff he's, guy. He's team guy. Yeah, team guy. It takes it. it takes like you know five or six dudes to. Oh yeah. To run that thing yeah. well. Yeah. Listen, awesome, brother, uh, so, man, we're just a uh, man pumped for you, right? What the success has been like and continued growth, and you're filling an important need out there, man. People need first of all, people need to do things they're uncomfortable with, right? You need to get outside your comfort zone. And some of these things that you're talking about is some serious controlled chaos right around you to see how you, and just see how you perform, man. Like our our lives are, uh, I know, look, we all have stress, but the things that you can take in and sort of this Mogadishu mile ram by putting your body on the line in that one. And then the training that you're talking about and the other thing, just, you got to seek that stuff out. uh, Cause it's not, but Brian, another, another, the, the hidden, value there is the the network you're building and the people you meet and the friend the lifelong friendships you end up making uh, off doing things like that Uh, i've seen some amazing people and 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 i'm friends with people i wouldn't have anyway it's amazing the network that you you kind of jump into and sort of create and grow yep it's it's awesome man that's so true all right guys go check them out osprey shooting solutions or two the number two team guys.com uh, go find them on Instagram too. give Edgar a follow there. Osprey shooting solutions and uh, help support what they're doing. Good to talk to you, brother. 
Thanks so much, Brian. I appreciate it, man. Anytime, bro. It's Edgar Mills and Brian Jodis. That's been this episode of Pick Up the Six Podcast.